in preparation for today's message. We shall be reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 8, verses 1 to 32. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite your whole territory with frogs. The Nile will swarm with frogs, which will come up and go into your house and into your bedroom and on your bed and into the houses of your servants and on your people and into your ovens and into your kneading bowls. So the frogs will come up on you and your people and all your servants. Then the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, over the streams and over the pools and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. The magicians did the same with their secret arts, making frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he remove the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go, that they may sacrifice to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, The honor is yours to tell me. When shall I entreat for you and your servants and your people that the frogs be destroyed from you and your houses, that they may be left only in the Nile. Then he said, Tomorrow. So he said, May it be according to your word, that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will depart from you and your houses and your servants and your people. They will be left only in the Nile. Then Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried out to the Lord concerning the frogs which he had inflicted upon Pharaoh. The Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses, the courts, and the fields. So they piled them in heaps, and the land became foul. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the earth, that it may become gnats through all the land of Egypt. They did so, and Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff and struck the dust of the earth. And there were gnats on man and beast. All the dust of the earth became gnats through all the land of Egypt. The magicians tried with their secret arts to bring forth gnats, but they could not. So there were gnats on man and beast. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But, Har uh, but Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Now the Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh as he comes out to the water and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. For if you do not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you and on your servants and on your people and into your houses. And the houses of the Egyptians will be full of swarms of flies and also the ground on which they dwell. But on that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen, where my people are living, so that no swarms of flies will be there, in order that you may know that I, the Lord, am in the midst of the land. I will put a division between my people and your people. Tomorrow, this sign will occur. Then the Lord did so, and there came great swarms of flies into the house of Pharaoh and the houses of his servants, and the land was laid waste because of the swarms of flies in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, 
Go, sacrifice to your God within the land. But Moses said, It is not right to do so, for we will sacrifice to the Lord our God what is an abomination to the Egyptians. If we sacrifice what is an abomination to the Egyptians before their eyes, will they, th will they not then stone us? We must go a three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he commands us. Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. Make supplication for me. Then Moses said, Behold, I am going out from you, and I shall make supplication to the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people tomorrow. Only do not let Pharaoh deal deceitfully again in not letting the people go sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses went out from Pharaoh and made supplication to the Lord. The Lord did as Moses asked and removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. Not one remained. But Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also, and he did not let the people go. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. Good morning. If you have not taken the Roman Road 1 and 2, please uh, take the Roman Road 1 and 2 retreats first before you go to the Ephesian mystery. We, would, we will be expecting a full house tomorrow. So I am so glad that many of you truly want to study God's Word line by line, precept upon precept, thought upon thought. And not yet, but one day, perhaps word upon word if it is God's will that we achieve that here. But it is enough that we understand the intent of the author. Remember, in the Word of God, there is only one interpretation of the Bible because there, is only, there are not multiple authors for a statement. We believe that those who were touched by God, inspired by God to write, had an intent during that situation. Their intent is the inspire, inspiration of God. That is what we are looking for. The intent of the author. When you write an email or a letter or a text, you have a certain intent. It is not subject for interpretation. When you send me a message or others a message, we cannot interpret it without asking you what you meant by it. Because if we do that, you will feel violated. You would say, no, that's not what I meant. You're putting a different idea to my statement. And perhaps that's what the authors would feel if we meet them one day, especially some of us who teach and preach and quote verses without really getting the meaning based on what? On the context. So we are contextual study students of God's Word. We are not textual. You know what's textual? You just repeat, you just quote a verse and repeat it. You see, that's what it said. No, we are contextual. We find the meaning based on the context. And not only the context of the chapter or, or the letter or the book, but the context of all of Scripture. Once it is understood, there would be more clear meaning of the text. And if we know God's Word, we will have guidance in this life. We would understand how we can anchor our minds and souls to God's Word. If we are anchored in God's Word, I would like to tell you, no obstacle or problem can defeat you. 
I'm not saying you will not have problems. I will not, I'm not saying you will not have difficulties or obstacles. That is guaranteed, contrary to some prosperity preachers, that everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right with your eternal soul if you are in Christ. But while you are on earth, you will encounter problems. And if we are fully grounded, deeply rooted in God's word, no matter how the wind howls, no matter how, the, how strong the typhoon is, the tree will be firmly planted and it will not be shaken. It may sway from left or right, but it is still rooted, deeply rooted in God's word. And I hope and pray that every one of us here would be deeply rooted. You don't just read the Bible from the surface, but study it and understand it. Embrace it. It is the word of God. And if it is the word of God, I believe we should hung, be hungry for it and respect it. Please do not treat God as a religion that you have to visit every Sunday. He is a persona, the God of the universe, who sees our hearts and minds and who has loved us so much that he gave his only son to die for us, that whoever believes in him should not, should not perish but have everlasting life. But those who do not believe are already judged. Oh, that's after John 3.16. Sometimes we stop there. But if you look further, to those who do not believe in him, it doesn't mean you just believe he exists. It's really believe in him, everything he says and everything he stands for then we would have eternal life. Back to the Old Testament, the title of today's sermon is The Finger of God. The Finger of God. That statement was not from God, but it was from the magicians of Pharaoh. Who would dare go against God Almighty? Only the fool, the ignorant, and the one with a hardened heart. Pharaoh dared go against God. Pharaoh hardened his heart. His heart was so hard that he would see the calamity in his midst and still be stubborn. And that is one, one sign of a hardened heart. Stubbornness. You know what God's word is, but you still do it your way. We have to know what God's word is and we must do it God's way, if we trust God, if we truly believe in God, we will do it His way, not our way. Pharaoh, in the midst of all the plagues, would be on and off. He would say, yes, okay, okay, I give in to the Lord's demand. Then after he receives relief, he would then say, I changed my mind. The plague of blood was a taste of what God does to those who go against him. It was a taste where there was blood everywhere, everywhere. How can the people drink water? They had a hard time. They had to dig beside the Nile. There was blood everywhere. But then the next series of plagues would follow. Frogs, lice, and flies. Will you harden your heart against God's word? Will we harden our hearts against God's word? Heed the lessons from Exodus. It is not worth it. It is not worth it following our own pleasures or our own desires and going against God's word. 
When do we go against God's word? When the word of God states this thing and you do the opposite thing. If God says do this and we don't do this. When Jesus said have faith in God and we do not have faith in God. When Jesus said follow me and we do not follow him. When Jesus said deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me and we do not take up our cross and follow him. When the Bible says that we should preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins and we don't preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins. When the Bible says to stop our adultery and fornication and we do the opposite thing. That is hardening, that is being stubborn against God and it is not worth it. Number one, God command, commanded Moses to tell Aaron, remember that Aaron was like the spokesperson, the representative of Moses. Moses was probably behind telling Aaron what to do and Aaron would move forward and do what he needed to do. So God commanded Moses to tell Aaron to stretch the staff over these bodies of water. After that, God sent frogs to the Egyptians. From all the rivers, canals, and ponds, they came out, frogs. But the magicians of Egypt did the same thing. They could. They've been practicing this trick for a while to get the people into idolatry, to get people lined up in their religion. When we were doing this discussing this sermon among the different preachers of our church. Somebody said we must explain carefully that this was a plague. This was a calamity because for some Filipinos, depending on where, which part of the Philippines, if you see frogs, you would eat it, right? So when they see a lot of frogs, people might, some people might say, what a blessing, let's start a, uh, uh, a lechon frog business. And, uh, so, but this was not that kind. Uh, this was a frog everywhere that was, was, uh, was a disturbance to their way of life. It was a disturbance. And can you imagine when you're about to sleep, then there would be so much croaking around you. <laughs> so much croaking around you. And of course, some of us, just the sight of a frog, because it's so ugly, already affects us so much uh, because of the ugly sight, the croaking and the sound, it was everywhere. The magicians did the same thing. But here's the funny thing about these magicians. They would say, we can do that too. But they could not stop the plague against them. All they say is, I know that too. I know that too. We can do the same trick. For them, it's a trick. But for God, it wasn't a trick. It was a message, a message of how powerful he is. And the book of Exodus is the book where we will read how God manifested miracles on a nationwide scale to be seen by everyone. And after many generations to be heard by many. The story will be heard from generation after generation after generation. And after the suffering 
Pharaoh would then agree to the demand. Okay, okay, I agree that, that you people can go, and, but he makes a bargain. However, uh, I don't agree about this, or don't go too far. And all the while, Pharaoh would try to compromise. He's tr he was trying to negotiate with God. Here's the thing about God. You cannot negotiate if it's a scripture is very clear about the will of God. If it's a gray area where scripture is not clear, then you can say, Lord, is it possible? Like, I don't know how I will die. It depends on God. But then I do pray how I will die. I would like to have a peaceful death. I would like to die just sleeping and then I'm gone, not bangungot, okay, in a ripe old age. It's just me asking, I don't know, but if it's his will to be a me to be a martyr, I hope not, God, but if it is your will, I submit myself to you. However, there are other certain things in Scripture we cannot compromise. We cannot negotiate. What God said is what God said. There is no middle ground. Some of us think that way, that's why. If you think that way, then you have a distorted view of God. But if we understand that God is sovereign, what does that mean, sovereign? He can actually do what He wants. He is all-powerful. If He wants to end your life now, He can. I'm not saying He will. I'm just saying He can do it if He wants to. Figuratively with a, or metaphorically with a snap of His finger. Or with just his word, he can do it. God is sovereign. Pharaoh would be trying to negotiate with God and still being stubborn. He would say, yes, you can go. But after a while, he would say, no, I changed my mind. After the relief, after the frogs left, then he changed his mind. Do you know that some of us are like that? Lord, save me from this problem and this trouble. And if you give me relief, I will serve you. I will put you first. And then God gives you relief, and then you forgot about what you said to the Lord. Some would say, I will serve you. After that, you are first in my life. Well, you sh he should be first in your life all the time. The moment you came to him, if you truly came to him, you have already decided to submit into, under his lordship and say, you are Lord of my life. You are God and king of my life. Pharaoh would not agree after the relief. And I hope we follow God whether we have problems or, or we are successful. In any place, we have to be serving God. Some come to God because they are needy. That's okay. Sometimes God would use the problem so you can come to Him. However, we must not forget that we came to God. We must follow His word. Number two, God commanded Moses to tell Aaron to strike the ground. And the dust turned into swarms of lies. The NASB, the version we read, was nuts. Lies, L-I-C-E, surut, or garapata, or whatever, okay? Kuto. Uh, you know, I just can't imagine uh, a city full of frogs, you know. <clears throat> you know, in, in, in the farm, you hear one cro frog, that's okay. When it rains, they croak a lot. And uh, 
Sometimes it actually helps you sleep because they do it in a rhythmic manner, right? It's a, it's a rhythmic manner, so it helps you sleep. Uh, but having them all around you is, is a disturbance. And you feel dirty about it and you feel slimy about it. Now, lies is a different thing because they suck your blood. So everybody had lies, kuto. Usually there's a certain age that children have kuto, right? Yeah, I think there was a there's a certain age that their blood is so sweet, right? <laughs> Don't try to taste it. Uh, for the kuto, for the lies, it must be sweet for them. Or they love the flavor at a certain age. But after a while, uh, the kuto is no longer there. That's why at a certain age, we have those uh, little combs. Uh, suyud, right? What do you call that here? Surud. Surud, okay. <laughs> and uh, when you just comb them, you'll be catching the lies. And when you catch them, you do this. Click, click. Of course, the lies was not only on human beings. It was also on the animals. And it, for those of you who have dogs, you have to always shampoo them so that, no, we call it garapata. What do you call it here? Okay, garapata. And, and, uh, and they, they suck the blood of your dogs and they suffer. So we have to make sure that they, they don't have it. But it makes everybody suffer. If, if <laughs> I don't know, I think men with more hair then would have more surot in their, in their bodies. And you would want to shave all your head, all your hair. But that was the kind of suffering that God sent the Egyptians. So the lines were on the Egyptians and their animals. The magicians of Pharaoh tried to do the same. But, ah, they could not. You see, false miracles can only follow at a certain level. Take note, there is such a thing as false miracles. The devil can do false miracles. So please do not be moved if, oh, it's a miracle. It must be from God. Not all miracles come from God. We must make a distinction of the hand of God, which is in the name of Jesus in today's age, and not in the name of any person. I think I told you a story once upon a time. Somebody came to our house when I used to live in Los Banos. And, and they brought this young girl. There was no announcement that they would come. They just came. I don't know how they heard about me, but I was a pastor then in Los Banos. And, uh, and uh, they said, this, she has been, according to the mother, demon-possessed since she was a child. And they have brought her to every albulario manggagamot in town. Sabi niya, kayo na lang po ang hindi namin napuntahan. Sabi ko, hindi ako. I made it clear, I am not a, a witch doctor. I am not an albulario. Okay? I have to make a distinction between the power of man and the power of God. I will not make any, any uh, ritual oration to you that I will sign several papers da, 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 and, and, and put smoke and smoke and, and chew some whatever and slap it on you. Uh, I don't pretend all those, I said. I don't pretend. So it was right. In, she was right in front of me. Okay, bring her to my study. So she was brought into the study. I said, uh, first, I want to be clear that I share the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
and I believe in the power of God in his name. In his name, which means I preach in the name of Jesus. And I said, the power in the name of Jesus is the only power I can share to you. I'm not an albularian. I will not accept any money from you. Okay? I will not accept any money from you. However, I will pray for this child. So, allow me first to share the gospel to each and every one of you. So, I shared the gospel and repentance. And sometimes, people with demons inside... Somehow they're still there. Somehow a lot of them can still listen to you. So I, I said, okay, let me share the gospel to you, young lady. Of course, I was speaking in Tagalog, all right? So uh, it's an English service. That's why I'm translating. So uh, I said, so young lady, I want you to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you sinned in any way, ask for his forgiveness and believe in his deliverance. Believe that he came to set you free. And if you read the gospel, especially Matthew, he exercised authority over the demons. And it's a good thing. I know the word of God, what the word of God says. That greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if I say in the name of Jesus, and I truly have faith in him, I have more power than all the powers of the devil. That's scriptural. So I wasn't afraid. It was in front of me. So I was thinking, looking. She was a pretty normal, skinny little girl with two big men trying to hold her down because she, was, she gets very strong. I mean, really strong. I saw it. She went wild. And they have to, two men were struggling. You could see the muscles and, the, and, and, and the, the, the veins from their necks come out. I said, okay, okay, relax, relax. So then when I began to talk, I have to say this in Filipino to be accurate. Go, uy. Uy. Pinagbabawal kita mula ngayon sa babaan ito. Tangalan ni Jesus in Jesus' name. Very simple She went wild first, and then after a struggle, the demon left. Then I said to the mother, bring her to me every week for prayer, and I want you to listen to God's word every Sunday. But they live very far. They live very far. Bundok, mountain. Then several weeks and months, and it was reported. They came for a while, and it was reported to me. Never did it ever happen again that she was possessed, that she lost control of her own body. So I say to you, friends, the power of Jesus is more powerful than the power of the enemy. Now, what if somebody approaches you and there's some demonized? What will you do? You know what I first do is said, let the doctor check them first. Because <laughs> some are not truly demonized, some just have an emotional problem. And they need the attention. So looking demonized gets the attention, right? <laughs> I'm not all people, some, because I've met some. And not everybody's demonized. Some are just emotionally disturbed. But you have to have that sensitivity, spiritual sensitivity. And it's part of the gifts of the Spirit that can flow through any believer at particular time. There are times I just don't sense anything. I said, I'll pray for you, young lady. And I need you to be happier in the Lord and forgive those who offended you. So not casting any demon. I learned from my friend who was also a minister. Okay, so there was this lady in a camp 
And she was saying bad things because I think she was bitter. No, no. He thought she was demon-possessed. So what did my friend do? He said, Lumayas ka satanas sa ngala ni Jesus. Silo tinatawag mo satanas. So please do not make a mistake. Not everybody has a demon. Some wish they have. I hope you're not one of those who wish you had a demon. But are you tempted by spirits? Sometimes, yes. You know, sometimes I make this joke of a cartoon. You know, sometimes a demonito sits beside you here on your shoulder and whisper to your ear. Okay? And tell you all the bad things that you should do. All the bad things that you should think. Like, nobody loves you in this world. Nobody cares. That's a lie because Jesus cared, right? Jesus died for, you, for us. He cared. That's a lie from, from Satan. If ever it comes to your head, nobody cares. That's a lie. And uh, some depressions are really clinical. But some are spiritual. Demonic forces have a limit. God's power is unlimited. One thing demonic forces cannot do, they cannot change a heart to love Jesus Christ. They can't do that. So demonic forces, no matter how miraculous it is, if they don't ground you in the truth of Jesus, in the words of Jesus Christ, it's not from God. Because the power of God must lead you, should lead you to Jesus Christ. The apostles in the book of Acts experienced that. When they preached Jesus Christ, miracles did happen. Of course, there is always a counterfeit to that, to those who pretend they serve Jesus, but they do not. They only raise money. So, Pharaoh's magicians admitted this is the finger of God, the hand of God. But Pharaoh's heart remained hard. You know what? He endured the lies. You see, the thing about how stubborn Pharaoh was, he would endure some of these plagues. Some of these plagues, he would request, request Moses, please remove this. Some, he did not say anything. It was just there. Because probably he thought, we can endure the lies, the kuto, and the garapata. Uh, but then another plague would come. God warned Pharaoh of flies that were coming to the land of Egypt. But the land of Goshen would be spared. Goshen is where the Israelites lived. There would be no flies there. All the flies would be in Egypt. I, I remember there were news here before, and I saw a post on Facebook. There were so many flies in Carolina. Now, do you think that was the hand of God? <laughs> no, no, it was, the, it was the, 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 the chicken farms there. And I was talking about it, and then one of the farmers were actually, was actually in front of me. I said, kami po yun? Kayo ba yun? And then, yeah, we stopped it. They did something different, but they were, before they had a chicken farm. And every time they would dress the chicken, there would be so much flies. And I remember people eating in, inside uh, mosquito nets just to get the flies out. I said, I can't even imagine living like that. It was like one of the plagues of, of God to Pharaoh. There were flies everywhere. So can you imagine so much flies, so much suffering? It's, it's irritating, you see? Flies, when they, when they touch you, 
makes the skin irritated. And you hear them, um, much like mosquitoes as well. Well, one important thing here is God distinguished between his people and Egypt. There are things that we will not experience in this world. I'm not saying you will not have problems, but there are things we will not experience because you are God's child. And in eternity, there are things you will never experience like the lake of fire because you have surrendered yourself to Jesus Christ. You have followed the book. You have followed the will of God that if you have truly have faith in him, and we, as we discussed the whole book of Romans, if you truly have faith in Jesus Christ, it's the opposite of these sins. What happens then is then you live a life of holiness. You begin a process of sanctification and you grow in holiness. And that distinguishes us from the world as well. We fear God. We love God. We serve God according to His will, not according to our thoughts. Because some of us might concoct a certain God. I believe God is like this. I believe God is like that. And then humans can create rules of religion that is not in the Word of God. That's why if you ask me why, why I stop being religious to a certain religion here in the Philippines, is because many of the practices I did not see in the Bible. It's simple as that. I would, you know, the Bible already has so many commands. Right? Dagdagan mo pa. I mean, come on. Come on. There are around 600 plus laws in the Old Testament. The New Testament, they're not called laws. But there are more than, more than 600 commands in the New Testament. And you want to add more. And you can't even pray to the Lord Jesus Christ consistently and fervently. And you want to add more. And there are dogmas that are not scriptural. Where did it say that you have to go to this saint so that you will have more favor with Christ? That's a human way of speaking in a hierarchy, right? Oh, ikaw na malakas ka kay boss, ikaw na makipag-usap. Oh, no, no, no. The Bible said it's not so. In fact, if you sin, you can confess directly. It's in 1 John chapter 1. If we sin, we can confess directly to Him, and He will forgive us our sins. We can pray directly. And he said, ask, and we ask of whom? Him. Hebrews said, we can come boldly, boldly into the throne of grace. You don't need a santo, santita, or whatever to come to Christ. Where is that in the Scriptures? I say, I challenge anybody. I challenge any scholar. Where is that in the scripture? I say, it is not there. That's why I encourage you to read the Bible chapter by chapter by chapter and study it based on its context. It's not in scripture. You know, I, lo I love a simpler life. Love God, follow him, fear him, and enjoy the blessings he allows me on this earth. But I should know my boundaries. There are boundaries. When God created the heavens and the earth, there was a boundary. When God created this, the dry land, he separated it from the sea. There was a boundary. And the sea creatures had a boundary. They stay inside the sea. And if they ever like sea lions, if they ever they go out, they can't go very far from the water. Can you imagine a shark walking around here? 
God in his wisdom put boundaries. So we too have our boundaries. Well, but Pharaoh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh. He would then call Moses, okay, okay, just stop this. And Pharaoh said, will you, I, ho I hope you don't deceive me again or deceive God again. But he will. Because his heart is so stubborn. His people are already suffering. He was suffering. But he would still not submit to God. That's why he will be broken without remedy. And Egypt will cease to be a superpower in that time. After the end of all these things. Pharaoh would be broken. You see... The Bible did say that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yes, but God didn't harden his heart first. It was first Pharaoh who hardened his own heart. And one of the judgments is when God takes off the bricks, his heart will be hard continuously. Why? Well, that was the judgment for Pharaoh. I believe for one, oppressing the people of God. And in his own words, I don't know your God. The very God who saved Egypt hundreds of years prior to that, he claimed he did not or did not respect God. So his heart was hardened. Sometimes when your heart is hardened, our hearts are hardened. If you still have a conscience, come to God because judgment comes when it's just too hard. You don't know how ridiculous you sound. Justifying your sin and doing what you want. Pharaoh would harden his own heart. Application, as we wrap up, number one, do not be stubborn. Do not harden your heart like Pharaoh. Listen to God's word and submit to God's word. Can you say the word submit? Submit, submit to God's word. Otherwise, there will be temporal or and eternal consequences. Yes, there are consequences on earth, and there are consequences in eternity. So I say to us, harden not our hearts when the gospel is here. It is near us, in our very hearts, in our, if we can believe, and if we submit ourselves to him, if we recognize him indeed as Lord above all else, and ready to surrender all our lives. In those days, Caesar was Lord. If you say Jesus is Lord, you are already risking your life. You have decided all to submit to him. He is all in all. In fact, there is freedom in him. The good thing about Moses is at first he was stubborn, but he gave in to the will of God. Okay, Lord, I will do as you says. And after that tug of war with God, he finally surrendered. And he all the way he would do most of his life, he would be following God. Number two, do not seek God only when you need something from him. Do not be like Pharaoh, who after getting what he wanted, would ignore God's commands. Friends, let us be consistent. Let us be faithful in our devotion to God. Please do not be one who comes to God desperately when you need him. But no matter what the season is, in times of abundance or in times of famine, it's the same devotion. It's the same heart for God. 
every day, no matter it's a good day or a bad day, your expression is, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Every day, no matter how powerful you feel or how rich you feel, you will not give in to any temptation and say, I serve God. Why would I offend God? And if you, even if you are in need, you will not do something illegal because you would say, I trust my God. And even if you feel depressed and your marriage is not working out well, you will not give in to the temptation of somebody else. Why? Your reason for living is now God. And I advise everybody, let us put God first. And then let us be consistent with our devotion. Regardless of what people do to us, our hearts do not change. That is being deeply grounded in God's word. Deeply grounded in God's word. We will be tested, yes. But I pray that we would be grounded. What does that mean? What the word says you do. For example, do not hate. You know that First John says, he who hates his brother is not in the light. Oh, in John questions the salvation of somebody who hates his brother. So friends, if ever you're tempted with it, let it go. Do not let the anger, the sun go down on your anger. Do not prolong your anger and say, release it and finish it. Why? There is more freedom to that. If you are bitter and angry and hate, who suffers? The other person or you? It is you, the one who is bitter and angry and full of hatred. We are the ones who suffer if we have that. Why? It's hard to sleep. It's hard to sleep. And you have this, this film that keeps replaying in your mind of what happened. And then you have a second film of what you will do to this person, right? <laughs> That's the second film. Mm, if ever I will make this person, you now want revenge. We are all tempted with that. But if we are grounded in God's word, what did God say? Revenge is mine, not yours. What should we do? Forgive. It is God who takes revenge, not you. I said, I trust you, Lord. And I trust the way you take revenge, Lord. No, no, stop, stop there. <laughs> stop there. It's not, should not be within our hearts. It's not conditional. I pray we will be consistent with God in good times and bad times, in all the time. I hope to see you meditating on scripture and reading it and growing with God's people in the small groups in good times and bad times. It does not change. Some people disappear in bad times. Some people disappear in good times. I don't understand. Some people just disappear uh, with no action, no, no reason. I say to you, my friends, grow with God's people. That is safety for you. You know why? The heart is deceitful. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. The heart is deceitful. And the Old Testament did say that. Something we should not trust is our own hearts. I trust God's word more than my own heart. Please do not follow this Hollywood flicks that says, that advise you, trust your heart. Do you know they have more than, ha more than half the marriages there end up in divorce? Because Hollywood is full of trust, follow your heart. Yeah, sure, follow your heart towards what? Without thinking, without assessing this, this person, without assessing the good and the bad, without calculating the possible consequences. The Bible is full of advice in, in, 
in, in the book of Proverbs because it is uh, advice of wisdom. It is not law. It is not epistle, but it is wisdom. And in the New Testament, it is full of, of commands from God. Maybe not considered law, but still commands from God to those who are faithful uh, to Him. So I say to you, my friends, let us subject ourselves to the will of God because there is freedom there. Number three, remember that, remember that God distinguishes between those who are His and those who are not. Let us be on the side of God. Let us be on God's side in the sense that, Lord, I know what you did on the cross for us. You sent your only son. He sacrificed everything for us. Therefore, Lord, we surrender our lives to him as well. We want to follow him because God knows those who are his. Yes, even in, in the gospel, uh, in Matthew 25, um, there's an amazing illustration there, a parable of Jesus Christ, where he says he separates the, the sheep from the goats. Huh? It's a wonderful illustration of the sheep and the goats. Uh, I, I actually understand that because I, our farm has sheep and goats. And somehow, well, sheep are easier to take care of in our context. And uh, they follow you better. Okay? So, <clears throat> funny thing with the goats, one of our vets was playing with a goat. He just did this. And the goat got ready to fight him. See, this caretaker, he's taking care. He's a friend of these goats. He... Uh, he feeds them, he even mixes them, and then he just this, does this, he's ready to fight. You don't find that in sheep, right? You don't find that in sheep. Uh, what are you, a goat or a sheep? <laughs> when your growth group leader says, this is God's word, and then you reason now, you're probably a goat. Uh, Praise God. Please be sheep, trusting in the care of the master. I trust in his word, and I know that that is the ultimate. Even if I die for him, if I have to die for him, I would trust that. It would be a good death. Because when I see him, well, there's always a reward in him. Even though we don't ask for it, he will give it. That's the point. You don't even seek it, he will. But God knows if you belong to Him. Let us be on the side of God. We should always be in the side of Christ. Know the Holy Scriptures. His Holy Spirit marks us as belonging to Him. And we will study that in Ephesians as we study that partially in Romans. That the Holy Spirit marks you. It's a marker. It's like in my farm. We mark them with their ears, ear tags. So if you think 666 is a literal mark, you're wrong, okay? Oh, there's a computer chip. Whoa. You want to delve into that study, exegesis, background context. One thing I'll tell you, every, almost everything, especially that, that mark of the beast, part of that has happened already in history. Will it happen again? Hmm, it's up to God. But we're not studying revelations. One day we will. Um, and that would be exciting, right? It's called apocryphal writing. And some of you will have nightmares after we go through revelations. 
but you will also have deliverance. You will wake up saying, in Jesus' name. Uh, God knows if you belong to him. So I ask you right now, friends, why not just surrender your life to Jesus today? In your heart, you just say, Lord, I surrender to you. I repent of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. I believe in what you've done. I can never tell you if it's true or not. Only you can know if it's true or not. In fact, we will know later if you manifest the fruits of repentance. But if we don't see fruits of repentance, we will question if you truly sur surrender to God. But I invite you today. It can happen in a moment, in an instant. You can say today, forgive me, Lord. I surrender my life to you. I heard your word and I believe. If you right now say, Lord Jesus, take over my life. You are Lord. You are King. That means what? Total surrender. It means repentance. I'm changing my way of thinking. Because I'm changing. Repentance is change of mind. I'm now not thinking the way I used to. I now believe in what your word says. I believe in what your word says. And what happens after that, I do believe true salvation happens after that. But whether your salvation will be true or not, it is not me to say. But you will know it in your heart. Let us all rise and let us pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you because you are all-powerful. The finger of God is more powerful than any earthly magician. And not even the power of Satan can go against God. There is, God is almighty. As you have said to Moses, you are almighty. You are El Shaddai. You are the mighty one. You were the deliverer of Israel. And through Christ, you are our deliverer, Lord. Father, we come before you. And Lord, we want to be sure, so we surrender our lives to you. Forgive us of our sins. We repent. We change our perspective. We surrender our old way of, of, of living and thinking and surrender to your will. Allow us, Lord, to be saved through Jesus Christ. We pray, draw us, Holy Spirit, to you. Draw us, Holy Spirit, to Christ. And we pray for genuine faith. We believe in what Jesus did on the cross. He died to pay the penalty of our sins. He was buried and he was resurrected. And with that resurrection power, it also gave us the power to overcome sin. And it opened the way to you. It opened the way to salvation from the wrath of God. It opened the way from, from judgment to justification. From judgment to mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we may have mercy in your name. Thank you, Lord. Take our lives, O Lord. They are yours. In Jesus' name we pray. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.